0: Welcome to Revival from the Bible, a daily devotional podcast designed to help more people get into God's Word and get more out of the Word. I'm Ben Blakey. Today's passage is Hebrews 5. (music) Temptation. It's something you are going to have to deal with today and tomorrow and, well, really the rest of your life, you will have to deal with temptation. And your goal as a Christian should be to strive to be obedient. Now, sometimes doesn't it seem like temptation is insurmountable? Well, what if it isn't? What if it actually, for Christians, is not insurmountable? insurmountable. And what if there was an example of someone who once never disobeyed and passed every temptation? And that's where I know you're already thinking, well, hey, that's not fair. That was Jesus. He's God. He doesn't count. And that is natural for us to think. But I believe that that way of thinking actually reflects a deficient Christology. Is basically saying, well, Christ was perfect because he was God. And I don't think that matches what we see even in our passage today. Uh, Christ was perfect as a human because he was the perfect human. He did everything right as a human, and he's the only one to ever do that. And so as we look to him, what we will find is first and foremost, salvation. And we'll see so much of that in Hebrews, but also I think we will find help and an example. And I hope those things encourage you today in your own struggle against temptation. We pick up chapter five in the middle of a discussion about this great high priest that we have, a high priest who is sympathetic to to us because he has been tempted as we are yet without sin. And so now it's talking about how Jesus is this great high priest and keeping with the motif of Jesus is better uh, throughout Hebrews. Well, Jesus is better than an earthly high priest. It says in verse 1, For every high priest chosen from among men is appointed to act on behalf of men in relation to God to offer gifts and sacrifices for sins. He can deal gently with the ignorant and wayward since he himself is beset with weakness. So there, the high priest can sympathize because they're sinners too. And they have to offer a sacrifice for their own sins. And later in the book, it'll be Uh, highlighted how Jesus did not do that. Uh, However, that does not mean that Jesus is not sympathetic. And we'll, we'll see some more of that in this chapter. But in verse four, it says, and no one takes this honor for himself, but only when called by God, just as Aaron was. So we see the high priest is sympathetic and the high priest is appointed, not self-appointed. So in keeping with those two themes, well, then verses five through six remind us well, Jesus was appointed. Uh, Jesus was appointed to this task. Of being our high priest. But then we come back in verse 7 to this idea of Jesus being sympathetic. We already saw that in chapter 4. Now I think we're seeing it again in chapter 5, but he is not sympathetic in the sense that, well, he's weak too, and he has to make a sacrifice for his own sins. Look at what it says. him being designated by God, a high priest after the order of Melchizedek. So there we see what Christ did and we see his path to perfection. Now you might say path to perfection. I thought Jesus was already perfect. And maybe you even stumble over. He learned obedience. I, I thought Jesus has always been perfect. So how can we speak of him learning obedience. That's where I think we need to remember in the incarnation. Uh, Jesus came down and took on flesh. He didn't take away from his divinity. He added humanity. And that was, I guess you could say, new for the son to be living as a human. And so he was perfectly obedient In that, it's not like he learned obedience from a place of disobedience, but he learned obedience in living this perfect life. And that's where we're going to see one, he is our source of salvation, two, he is a help, but three, he is also an example for us. It talks there about him being. Becoming the source of eternal salvation to all who obey him. The only hope that you have is this perfect high priest who also becomes the perfect sacrifice. It is only because of his perfection, how he learned obedience in a perfect way that you can be saved. That's the only thing, the only way you can be forgiven is this perfect sacrifice and substitute in your place. So he is the source of our salvation. So when you do feel defeated by temptation and all of us, we look back in our past and we see there is defeat against temptation. Well, our hope for salvation comes from the one who there is no defeat. There there is no defeat to temptation for Jesus. So we put our hope in him as our salvation. Also, then he is able to help us. Going back to chapter four, he can sympathize with our weaknesses. He has experienced our temptations, but he has not given in. And that's where you may also be tempted to think, well, then he doesn't know what I'm experiencing. Well, and to that extent, yes, Jesus does not know experientially failure and sin and shame and guilt. You're, You're right. He does not know that. But here's the thing. You also don't know a lot of what Jesus knows, Because he never gave in. Therefore, and C.S. Lewis wrote about this well, Jesus has actually experienced greater temptation than you. Because he never gave in. You think of going to the gym, right? You add the weights until you fail. Until you can't lift the bar or the weight anymore. Well, Jesus just keep adding. Because he always Lifted it. So before we say, well, Jesus doesn't really get me, maybe we should start leaning the other way and say, maybe I don't totally get Jesus. And maybe instead of saying, well, I don't know if Jesus can identify with my temptation, we should be saying, Jesus, not only did he experience the strength of my temptations, but much more because he never gave in. And so that should highlight this idea, not only of Jesus as our savior, but also Jesus as our help. Going back to chapter four, when we need help, when we need grace, we can find that in our sympathetic high priest who knows our weakness, who knows our temptations, yet did not sin. So even knows the full weight of these temptations. We can look to him. We can call out to him for help. And that's where also Jesus then is our example. So he is our savior, he is our help, and he is our example. How did he learn obedience? Well, through what he suffered and through prayer and reverence. Do you want to overcome temptation? Well, don't just expect, well, just one day I'm going to wake up and not be tempted anymore. Well, that is true that on the day you wake up in glory, but until then, that's probably not what is going to happen. You will be tempted day by day. And if you're like, well, I want to learn obedience. I want to taste as much as I can in this life. Perfection. I, I want to taste maturity in Christ. Okay, well then what you're in store for is suffering, loud cries and tears of prayer and reverence. These are the things that you should look for that should change your perspective on suffering. Suffering is not just something to always run away from. Suffering is what God will use to sanctify you. And one of the main tools that God has given us to fight temptation is prayer. And sometimes those prayers will be made all the more fervent through suffering. But what then caused God to hear Jesus? His reverence. So that's something we should seek to cultivate in our own hearts, a reverence for God, that when we are suffering and when we are tempted, we don't blame God for the temptation being unfair. We humbly come to God in reverence and ask for help as we confess his holiness and his Goodness. So here in Hebrews 5, if you're thinking about dealing with temptation, you see your savior, you see your helper, and you see your example. Now at the end, he starts to warn them again. He tells them that they have become dull of hearing, that they should be teachers, but now they're having to go back and relearn that they need milk and not solid food. And I've kind of been at that stage of my life now uh, for the last decade with having more kids where, you know, they're, they're making that transition. They're going from milk to solid food. And he's saying, you are still on milk. Uh, you are still having to rehear these basic principles of the gospel. We'll see in chapter six, we never leave the gospel behind in a sense that we discard the gospel, but we are meant to build upon our knowledge of the gospel. We never wanna leave it behind, but we do want to progress from it and build upon it, but they are not able to do that. And one thing to note, towards the end is but solid food is for the mature who for those who have their powers of discernment trained by constant practice to distinguish good from evil. So there again you see how God's word is meant to be used to train us to know good and evil. And the more you mature, the more that you understand God's word and you dig into the meat of the Bible That should impact your life. And the reason that they're not moving from milk to meat is not just that they're dumb or that they don't understand. If we go back to chapters 3 and 4, I think it becomes clear they're not moving from milk to meat, not because of a lack of understanding or a low IQ. It's a lack of faith and a lack of obedience. If we trust God's word and we obey, We will move from milk to meat. And so if you find yourself not moving from milk to meat, the problem isn't, well, I need more commentaries. The problem is you need to trust God and you need to obey God. That is how you will reach spiritual maturity. So as you head off into today, I know you will face temptation. So I want to encourage you today to look to Jesus. Consider Jesus. He's your savior. He's the one that that gives us salvation because we have all failed uh, in temptation. But he is your helper today. You can look to him for help and grace in time of need. And he is your example. Through suffering and prayer and reverence, you will progressively learn obedience, and hopefully get stronger and stronger against temptation. Thanks for digging into God's word with me today on Revival from the Bible. For more resources, check out revivalfromthebible.com. To learn more about Compass Bible Church Treasure Valley, go to Bible.tv. The grace of our Lord Jesus Christ be with you.